0: CGI from, uh... <laughs>
1: you know, it, it gets me every time. I can't believe I fall for it every Wednesday. <laughs> you think I would learn. No kidding. Good, Good morning, morning, gang. All right, with that new audio set up, I guess it's time to fade the music down. There we go. Oh, my gosh. That's like magic.
0: Right? See how that works?
1: Very cool. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, Brent's set up a new uh, audio and video configuration in his um, in his lair, and so uh, we are feeling the effects of it today. You can tell. Look at that. Listen to that. Just trailing on like that. I don't want to stop dancing. Very smooth. Ah, oh, that's. If we get any better, so we're out. And... <laughs> <It's> like butter. <laughs>
0: Okay, we're done. Hey, all right. Well, that so, was a great show. Th-
1: thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks for dancing. We'll see you next week. Yeah. If no we get way. any, if we get any more polished at this, people are not going to believe it's us. I mean, well, I, I think part of our charm is our mm, amateurism.
0: It's our, it's our doubles. Our, our <laughs> that's right. Doubles. Yeah. What
1: did they do with the real Chris and Brent? Hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's not waste another moment. Chris, who's our guest today?
1: Folks, we've got uh, Clark Aldrich joining us in here, and this is a, um, a mulligan episode, a do-over episode, because here we are experimenting with Brent's new technology today. But it was actually technology that got in the way of our first uh, attempt to have Clark join us back uh, in I don't know pre-summer, um, and we, we couldn't we couldn't figure out how to get him live. So we've redone it. We're doing a mulligan. We're doing a do-over here today. Um, Clark, uh, welcome aboard. Thank you. Give us,
2: give us your the give us your uh, your Brief bio quickly to introduce yourself to friends. Uh, I'm Clark Aldrich. I do a lot of work with educational simulations. Uh, I started off in the area, I launched Gartner's e-learning coverage way back when. Um, I left Gartner when I was sick of the content that I was in dealing with uh, and have spent about 20 years thinking about educational simulations, building them, uh, fixing problems, my earlier ones, and rethinking <laughs> uh, sort of a, a pedagogy around, around educational simulations.
1: Yeah, um, and maybe just to give us a bit of a foundation, let's start with the idea of uh, you know, do you have a standard definition of of a sin- of a simulation? Um, not really.
2: I mean, I think oh, that okay. I mean, that works. Well, <laughs> you know, if, if, yeah. if you're you know whatever you might think of as a computer game. If you're someone else, you might think of it as a as a as a flight simulator. If you're someone else, you might think mm-hmm. of it as. Uh, you know, a business game at Harvard uh, or a Wharton. Um, I think the, I think part of the problem is we all have so many definitions of of simulations, and part of my goal has been to sort of figure out what is sustainable. What 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 can we move forward with when we can't afford the six-axis TWA flight simulator? We can't necessarily afford the whatever. And it's not appropriate anyway. Uh, we can't afford the hundred million dollar computer game, the Grand Theft Auto Five thing. So so what what do we do? I mean, how, how can we move forward with simulations even though we all have such different Different views of them, and in a lot of cases, very expensive views of them.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and you were mentioning a few things, and I'm going, going, thinking, yeah, you know, um, who, who's got the who's
2: got the budget for some of uh, also who's yeah, the time? Because again, if, yeah. if you, I mean. If you said, okay, Civilization Five, great model for a computer game for for educational simulation. Hey, salesperson, here's Civilization Five. Go teach yourself about sales. And they're like, no, you know, I've, I've got ten minutes. I've got fifteen minutes. I'm not going to spend thirty hours on a computer game. So not only can we, can we not afford them, but no one actually wants them. So, uh, you know, even in a, you go to a, a business school class, you go to an MBA class, or or the military, they don't want. 30-hour super expensive high-def simulations either and so I think the 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 goal of that was sort of a, a will-o'-wisp a, a false a false model for a long time and part of my own rethinking has been how do I pull back from that as being the shangri-la this vision of of simulation perfection to realizing in fact it was a, a huge mistake
1: we had um, early in my career in this biz um, I had the opportunity to work with a a bank to create a, 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 you know, a branching based simulation where you were working with talking to clients and trying to you know, make sure you were filling in um, a form properly, the client type profile, but without direct questions, using open questions, etc. Um, and part of that included a branch that went to like the, the wrong way. Um, and mm-hmm. about a year and a half afterwards, we, we were brought back in to make revisions. So the first thing they said is, okay, we're getting rid of the wrong branch, because that just made people angry. <laughs> you know, they had a short amount of time, they had 30 minutes in between actual calls, they went to do this, and then boom, you're in a wrong place. And they, they just, they, you know, they received so much protest. So that I think that relates well, to what you're saying me, about, you know, the let amount let of time that people push have, back so. there,
2: which is to say, I think, mean, or, or a clarification, I mean, you want the wrong branch, but you don't want to take someone down the wrong branch for very long. And so part of your, your point, I think, is not Wrong branches are bad, but don't, you don't want exactly. to exist in this bad space where you're making five or six decisions, having made a bad decision that's going to poison the well. And no matter what you do, you're 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 messed up. So how long you let people spend time in in a wrong case scenario has is, is been something that I've been you know that I think we have learned of saying you know what let's cut it off really fast. Someone makes a mistake, tell them why it's a mistake, show them why, bang, return them back to the to the right track so they don't waste their time while still allowing them the the privilege of learning from their mistakes.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. Was they would spend fifteen minutes of their time, and then suddenly be told, "You're really, really doing badly here." <laughs> uh, and, I mean, were, and for
2: quite some time, not only are you doing badly, but you've been doing badly for a long time. Like, hey, remember
1: I, I that very first fun. question you answered? That was wrong. That was right. so wrong. <laughs> yeah, and there's no and way exactly, so,
2: you know. And that's
1: exactly what we did. Was right. it was shortened and and, and demonstrated and, and
2: put you back into the into the pathway for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. And then it's been a real mistake of a lot of people who've been doing kind of branching story type of things, is sort of creating even three or four parallel paths uh, of, of right answers. So even if you're, you know, part of my goal on, on early SIM design, which turned out to be really stupid. Was you know, let's create three or four paths, and let's have people go down whatever you know, customize their path as they go along, and that ends up creating a nightmare situation for the designer and for the reviewers and for the players themselves. They don't want players don't you know, players want to make interesting decisions. They want to they want to understand the situation by actions. But they, don't want to, but they don't want three or four parallel storylines that they then have to go back and replay or they feel like they're missing something. So even having multiple parallel, parallel storylines with the right answers is, is typically a bad idea. That's not where we should put your brain power.
1: But, yeah, that's interesting. The idea that they're they're still missing something out, even though they might have completed. What else have they? What else have they messed up? Yeah. Hmm.
2: yeah, and there's plenty of people who 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 really hate the thought. If I took this course, but I got a very different answer than someone else who took the course, um, that I'm you know that I'm that I'm actually even though it customized to my. You know, my goal was early on was to create something that was customized to the player, uh, and then I realized that people want a central activity, but they still want to be making interesting choices. So that that's sort of the cool balance.
0: Hmm. There's um, there was some interesting conversations and in it was uh, it, it was fun to watch because as I was having the same thoughts, somebody was dropping the same thoughts into the chat. And and it was, you know, don't we want like when Chris was talking about going down that wrong path for so long? I mean, obviously, I think the answer is you got to find a happy medium. Don't let them go down that path too long before you correct them. But it is important for them to experience going down that wrong path. Because what if they were doing that in real life, right? So absolutely. So,
2: so how do you make the experience really short? And so if you do something wrong, I'm a, I'm a boss and I'm, and I'm, and I'm ordering you to do something, Hey, do this right now. Um, You know, the, the reality is, is that you as a subordinate are going to say, okay, sure. That's what I'm going to do. Even though I've got a better idea for how to actually do it, I'm going to walk out the room uh, positive reaction in terms of saying, "Wow, you're a good boss. You, you know, you you really, you really told me what to do," um, but but then the bad news is, I don't actually do it, or I don't do a very good job with it, or a better idea, w- w- you know, didn't get surfaced because of this this directive leadership style, um, and then sort of the suboptimal result for the business. And so, um, you know, it's important to to show that feedback and to show what happens. Not just in, in a lot of cases, the reason we have bad habits in in the soft skills area is because we get positive short term feedback for. um, you know for having these bad habits but it's still important to say okay but if you actually zoom out there's there's tremendously bad consequences so there's no question we have to show the bad consequences and not even tell i mean again if you're driving too fast getting caught by a police officer is extrinsic feedback but getting an accident is intrinsic feedback and so as much as possible Mm -hmm. don't say oh you broke the rule say because you did this here you know here are the here are the terrible things that happened and so uh you know i think giving playing out the negative consequences we have to do that just really really efficiently mm-hmm.
0: yeah very
1: cool oh sorry are we paused who's, who's oh. going to talk first who, who, who? no kidding so uh, one of the things that you've been focusing on more recently then is, is the idea of short sims then is this a, is a way then of start, starting to address
2: some of those those complexities that you were, we were just talking about yeah so I, I took a, a vision of saying well what how can we create a finished product in 40 hours? as uh, sort of an arbitrary, which is not really a work week because it's a little intense. It's like, it's like a it's like a work week and a half. Um, how do how do we create a finished simulation in 40 hours? Um, and almost working backwards from that goal is like how much can you accomplish in that time if you work efficiently? Uh, and by the way, 40 hours with no exotic skills, no 3D programming skills, no mm. virtual reality skills, no, no deep AI skills. So, how can sort of the average schlub like myself? Create something that is that is good and worthwhile uh, in in forty hours, and so it's trying to distill every part of the process to its absolute pedagogical essence. Um, and some cases these might be long, sprawling, you know, simulations with a bunch of choices. In other cases, though, and towards the other person's comment, you know, there may be a lab. And so um, I have a, a sim on 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 inclusiveness, on inclusive cultures, and I'm basically saying, you know, you're a farmer, and you can either plant a predictable pro- crop that you know well, strawberries. Or you can plant a mixed crop that you don't know very well but you want to experiment with um what do you do do you want to and and so i give him, i give people three turns to do you know either all the all the old traditional crop all the new crop or 50 50 and you know giving them three turns to do that and part of the you know part of the the trap there is most people fall into the predictable i want to you know i want the predictable crop Um, And and at the end of it, it, there's a giant drought that kills all your predictable crop. And so, you know, you're stuck only with the the new stuff. So it's sort of like a a lab-like experiment where you play around with, it gets the issue of diversity and inclusiveness, which is, you know, we all fall in the habits of doing what we already know how to do. And by doing that, and by, by precluding um, diverse perspectives, we uh, necessarily put ourselves in a trap where we're sort of trapped in a, mono, in a monoculture. So, you know, you can you can sort of play around with these lab-like experiments. Uh, you know, even in that forty-hour time frame, and towards the ear- earlier conversation, uh, people can can have a very customized reaction. It's not everyone going down the same path, uh, but it you know has a very different impact. We just do it very quickly, three turns only, as opposed to twenty turns.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, let's let's reflect on that uh, and focus on that that 40 minutes. Where do you start? What's your what's the starting point for you?
2: Um, Once you know the topic in 40 hours, 40 minutes is a bit is a bit ambitious, um, uh, but 40 hours um, The the first thing you do is you, you know, you interview the subject matter expert Uh, And one thing that I've learned in doing a lot of subject matter expert interviews is is focusing on this question which is what are common mistakes made in this area And so if you focus in on that area, again, in the diversity inclusiveness sim, you know, the common mistake is, is thinking the short term business success of a monoculture is gonna, is gonna scale. It's not gonna hit a problem, Um, but you know, just no matter what the topic is, what is the, you know, what is the common mistake made in filling out this form? What is the common mistake made in being a leader uh, in a a virtual environment? What are the common mistakes made? If you focus in on common mistakes, then you're getting to the real essence of you're getting to the real essence of learning this material, and then from a simulation design, you say, okay, how can we create a simulation where we allow people to make that common mistake uh, in a, you know in a in a very evil and nefarious way, but that still feels very fair and, and not like you're you're sucker punching them. Sure. So I think that's the I think that but that question also gets to action because towards your earlier point regarding simulations. Um, A lot of educational content, you know, from high school and college, as well as, as well as corporate is sort of focusing on this learning to know stuff, this sort of passive, you know, how do we understand this thing? How do we understand the Mm -hmm. box to connect this thing? And what's really cool about simulations, which is why the military culture uses them so well, is saying, well, what if we focus on learning to do, not learning to know? And how can we sort of think about actions and teaching people the right behavior and what to do, not just... How to sit back and analyze it correctly and so the 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 question what are common mistakes made in this area um gets to this notion of doing not just knowing not what are the misperceptions but what are what are the actual mistakes made
1: yeah and it identifies right off the bat and what are the behavior changes that we need to to produce in people so that they you know um and it also i mean it ties in with so many of the the other um, design uh, approaches that, that we've, we've talked about often here that, you know, the moving away from content knowledge to actions and, um, and doable, uh, repeatable things that people can take out to their, uh, to their real world. Yeah. Oh, light bulb Joe is adding a notion uh, adding a comment about the holodeck. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: and, look, and look, she has a holodeck on her Christmas list.
1: <laughs> hmm. I think we all do. I think we all do really
0: <laughs>
1: good times. Yeah.
0: So how um when we're looking at this from a technology perspective, right? I mean, I think you mentioned early on, right, how do we do this? How do we how does the average uh, the average guy, non-tech person, you know, gal figure out how to take advantage of creating a short sim and and what are some of the
2: options? Well, I think that the philosophy that I that I came up with with regards to short sentence and by came up with I mean I kind of aggregated all the other stuff that I liked out there so I don't mean it to be overly highfalutin but um, it's like how do you how, how do you how do you create a very simple experience and I think again we, we over complicate everything and, and unfortunately a tremendous amount of instructional design is based on kind of a workbook model uh, and that instructional design, I think, has has brought us down increasingly weird places in terms of throwing in lots of video, throwing in lots of buttons and sounds and graphics. I think we have been overly distracted by that. Um, and so um, so for me, it's it's like, how can we create a content agnostic thing? So this approach, the short-sim philosophy, and again, if you go to com forward slash examples, um, there's a lot of examples there of, of what I'm talking about. And again, unfortunately, we... <laughs> Because we've been talking about this stuff for so long without actually doing it, we we you know we we you know it's more useful to actually look at it and, and see what it is. Um, but you know I think we you know we use clip art well. I, I love clip art. I use clip art all the time. I can't draw word beans, but I'm fairly clever with with design. Um, and so yeah, so so you know here here's a, here are examples, um, and you can you know, scroll down. But you know how do we use clip art really intelligently? How do we use clip art to um, to like this here. So here's the, you know, here's the, the um, inclusive culture one. Um, this is all clip art. I, I you know, I, and I use PowerPoint, frankly, as, as the graphic engine and I put clip art on top of that. And then I just export the, the picture. So all you're seeing here is a, a little bit of text, a little bit of a simple branching mechanism uh, and using uh, PowerPoint and clip art to to create what is a very kind of reactive, engaging uh, experience. Um, so it's incredibly simple from a technology perspective and it's, it's also agnostic. You can do this on any, on any platform that allows for simple branching, uh, you know, you can, you can do it on. And so it's, it's, it gets away from, oh, let's have fancy technology to let's just be really, really smart, uh, and understand the topic really, really well.
0: And I, I think if it's, um, I mean, if we all go back to the early days of like, um, branching simulation style games, right? We all took our turn at one of those text-based adventure games, you know, <laughs> back in the day before they even had good graphics. It was basically just, you know, showing us a picture of something. And then, you know, you're in a room, what would you like to do? And so you just experiment by, you know, open the door or pick up the, the sword or... Uh, yeah, and, you know. and there's
2: two things that we can take from that. And one of them is... Um, words are really powerful, and you know you you can you can create an incredibly large amount of of, of action with really you know with with, with words used well. Um, the other thing from the Zork and the you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy games and some of the early um, Info, Infocom uh, games, which we, we all need to learn here, is is how do we have a war on words? And so um, most cases, not all, um, you know. We, we, we use too many words, and so part of the, the fun of a shorts and design is saying, how can we edit down our words to the absolute minimum? And even I kind of look at this and kind of wince a little bit of saying there's a little too many words. But, you know, how do we think of words as something we don't want to use rather than something we do want to use? How can we trim it as tightly as possible? And if you go down to some other uh, other sims on, on this page, um, I think it's probably a better job at, at trimming words down. Mm-hmm.
0: something like this oh i got some covid stuff in there all right
2: yeah and so, so this is like a, a first day back to work sim uh where uh and this is free too by the way so anyone who wants to can grab it off the site um but it's it's you know here's what it is like to go back to your first day of work after being quarantined uh here are all the decisions that you have to make um, there's some, you know, some basic ones here, like you know what, what mask is effective, um, but also gets a little more interesting in terms of you know how many people in the elevator and stuff. But it's all action focused. This takes you through one day in your life. It, um, you know, the, the narrative structure is very much like a child's, you know, uh, busy day at the harbor book or something, where you're, you know, you're playing through one day, but you're hitting all the things. You're hitting once, You're hitting elevator. You're hitting how how far how, how far back do you? You stand, you know, from from each other, hitting all these issues in a very kind of engaging narrative way. Uh, And so it takes you through. It's about a 12 minute or 10 minute experience, uh, all using clip art, by the way, um, to take you through it. But it's a very, very effective way of of sort of pre thinking about what your day going to be like.
1: Mm -hmm. And we seem to have set off a little bit of kerfuffle in the uh, chat a little bit about uh, clip art. We seem to be um, a little division, division happening there. Um, and I think what it comes down to is, you know, what have you got available? Right. Um, you know, does your organization have a budget to to get some some new images from a site or do you just have some stuff that that's currently there and that's all the budget you've got? Sometimes you just have to work with what with, with what you've got. So,
2: well, it's also a middle ground, though, because I think <clears throat> so clip art is not just, you know, one static picture. Um, in a lot of cases uh, I'm going to use. Like in the like in the graphics you know before, I'm going to use very I'm going to assemble clip art very very carefully. So it's not just a matter of cutting and pasting a giant big image and there I'm done, you know. It's saying what's the animation effect? I'm going to have ten or you know I might have five or six in a row, and I want there to be a feeling of motion, a feeling of animation, a feeling of interactivity, and so you're using your you know you're using your your things very carefully. Again, the reason I use PowerPoint is because I'm really good at, at in PowerPoint I can you know, it's like an animation cell thing, you know, you're creating three or four in a row and you're creating a sense of motion. Um, so I think, you know, clip art, not in terms of throwing up an image and saying they're done, but saying, how do I create a sense of movement and animation? Now, clearly in that COVID sim, I had to put, you know, I used vector, I used vector based clip art and then I had to throw masks on everyone and I had to move things around. So I actually had to use a, a vector editing program for my vector based clip art so it's not just you know it's not the easy thing of cutting and pasting it's sometimes Mm. you know how can I create little tiny masks and put little tiny masks on everyone uh but you know that's fine Uh, again it it works around my incompetence when it comes to art uh into what I'm good at which is thinking about interfaces
1: Mm -hmm. and uh, part of the feedback too here is isn't just the words but it's also the the visceral of a uh, change of emotion on the face of a character etc that that's I, you know that's adding that extra implicit level. We're not even necessarily drawing attention whether the character's frowning or not. That's just happening uh, you know automatically and registering for you at the uh, at the implicit level as a as a learner through this too.
2: yeah, i'm a, I'm a big I use a lot of coach characters. Um, and and again, in the old branching story model, it was always you're talking to someone who you're you know you're trying to sell someone or you're, you're dealing with a customer. One thing that I've added is the notion of a coach, which is I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you through the experience i'm your mentor i'm your friend i'm your co-conspirator i'm your collaborator um i'm your assistant and i think part of the thing is creating the tone for the for the coach is being a friend and someone who's there to help you and so when you're engaging in short sync you have a friend you have someone who's there with you who's going to give you feedback uh in terms of doing this um this is a very simple one this is on being a hacker uh and you know you break into someone's bank account how much do you steal if you're a good hacker? Do you <laughs> steal at all? Do you steal a little bit? Do you steal none? You know, what do you do? And that's sort of the you know, <laughs> example of a short sim, which is what is the interesting question to ask someone? Uh, in this case, again, how much do you steal when faced with a bank account? Um, <laughs> so, you know, and that, that was the thing that got me into this whole, you know, whatever. So the the, the emotion uh, of, of a coach is really, really powerful, and even their their praise, their, their smiling, their, their context that they give you. I had one client who I, I built a short sim for. I, again, I use the coach as I usually do, but I did. Um, but I did, uh, in one case, I didn't have feedback. I just moved quickly. For, instead of saying, hey, good job, I moved quickly on to the next thing. And literally, that client was really mad that they didn't get a good job. They didn't, they didn't get the coach saying, hey, well done. Like, but I got it right. And the coach didn't tell me I got it right. So, <laughs> it's really funny how, uh, almost how addictive in a good way. Um, and again, this right here, this is teaching kids about the demand curve and how the demand curve works. You know, this is all clip art. Everything here is clip art, but you know, you're never going to see this anywhere else because it's all, you know, I had to assemble it and I had to build a little demand curve in the bottom right. I had to, you know, find people to, to do, um, I had to create the little you know sign. So, you know, it's all clip art, but it doesn't look like clip art. It doesn't feel like clip art. It just, you know, it just is because again, I have no graphic skills.
0: Yeah. And you don't want, uh. You don't want it to all start looking the same because in a lot of instances, um, the, the the clip art is very common throughout the industry. And once everybody has kind of picked in the, the same one, all the e-learning out there starts to look the same. So which is um, one of the reasons why we have uh, Kevin Thorne come on from time to time to teach everybody how to make their own characters <laughs> and uh, how to, how to create their own artwork in in really simple and easy ways so
2: yeah and again if you focus on animation too then you're fairly dif- at this point you're fairly differentiated because if, because again it's incredibly satisfying to click on something and see see the screen move in a way that responds to your clicking which you're seeing right here in this example um
0: yeah, even if it's simple right
2: simple is good simple I mean simple is great I think I think we over you know we we underappreciate. High, high quality, simple, and by high quality we mean you know, it, if you have ten pounds of work to put into a sim, uh, I'm going to put nine pounds into thinking very carefully about the interface, the actual setup, the context, and then the, you know, and then you know, the actual graphics are are something that that need to perform, but but aren't the thing to put a tremendous amount of time into.
1: Mm-hmm. We have a couple of uh, questions in the question panel. Uh, Dan's asking. Can you speak a bit about relevant practice, in quotes, and simulation, in quotes, uh, compare and contrast these learning approaches or is it a false
2: dichotomy? Um, I'm not fully sure what the question is, so I, I okay. apologize, help well, me. Yeah,
1: yeah Dan, stu- on that too. <laughs> Dan, throw some more details into that question there. if You, uh, you can add that as, a, co- as a, uh, a comment or add it in the chat, whichever way, we'll, we'll watch both directions.
2: And, and I'll, I'll zoom out a little bit and, and see if I can bang around a, a, a bit, too, which is where where I am with short sims is kind of this overlap between simulations, micro learning and traditional content. Mm-hmm. And so the overlap there is I have, you know, there's the good of a simulation, which is something that is that is action oriented, that that's reactive, that's very visual like a computer game. Um, That um, that's fun and it plays well and it's smooth. Uh, It feels very engaging. It feels very refined. Um, So those are all the good of a a simulation. Again, action focus being being the core one. But it's also I'm also borrowing a lot from micro learning, which is saying how do we create very tight experiences that don't that are not a giant collect you know are not covering everything. Let's create one sim and get it out the door. then create another one. Then create another one rather than create the big masterclass that covers everything. Oh yeah, by the way, we can still attach five or six short sims together with a bit of traditional workbook style content and create those big mega courses if you really want them but let's think about them as as little modules and get those tight but then the third part that i'm drawing from is from is from traditional e-learning content and the reason why we do so much workbook style content is because it is easy it is easy to not only create relatively speaking but it's also easy to get uh, to get buy off and one thing we have to do with all of our content is get is get the sponsors and the subject matter experts the lawyers to buy off on it and so the more interactive we are the frankly the harder it is to get that that kind of buy off so if we maintain an if we maintain a integrity of, of not using really expensive hard to edit media and we use an integrity of creating a fairly constrained situation, then we can go through all those hoops a lot more quickly. And so again, how do you get the best of all three of those? And that's why again, the the false dichotomy of, you know, oh, is it a, you know, is it a workbook style content or is it a simulation based content? Maybe it's both, Mm -hmm. maybe it's the the sweet spot between the two.
1: Yeah. So, so Dan's added a couple of comments to qualify. So he was asking his his initial question about relevant practice and simulation. Um, Can you compare and contrast these learning approaches or is it a false dichotomy? Um, and he's added some more comments, and I'll just read them here. Is relevant practice only a simulation, or can we practice in lots of ways? Does the term simulate is the term a simulation a proxy for all types of practices? Um, what are we What are we simulating? Component or composite skills, or re, or content recall? How does the learning goal influence what we're
2: doing? So I think the notion of a short sim is not so. I, I so I think short sim is a pretty broad concept, which hopefully goes beyond just simulation. I mean not unlike with the face mask of, you know, what's the right face mask to, you know, what's the right way of wearing a face mask. Um, that goes beyond the, you know, the necessary, it's not a simulation in that case, it might be, even be a little workbook style activity. So I think the notion of a short sim is not just being trapped into, you know, this is necessarily like a flight simulator or like a computer game. I think it's a, a broader structure of interactivity, uh, along a variety of topics, um, And so it's, I think it's focusing on, on as much as possible action-based learning. It's also focusing on Socratic learning as much as possible as well, which is how do I learn from, how do I learn, how do I teach myself again? I I hate being taught anything, but I like learning. And so how do we create a world where we can, people can teach themselves. One of the the examples from my book, um, the the first example from the book is this situation, okay, you know, you you can earn, you earn $10 an hour, um, and it's, it's, it's Monday afternoon, you can earn $10 an hour instead of earning $10 an hour, you decide to, to rent a two hour movie that cost that cost $5 to rent. How much did that movie cost you? And I'm going to give you two answers. I'm going to give you $5 and $25 as the answers. Um, and so everyone in the world says, oh, it cost me $5 to rent that movie. Oh, no, wait, it cost me $25 because I'm not earning $10 an hour for the two hours I'm watching it. And so in that moment, you're teaching yourself opportunity cost. You're teaching yourself an entirely big econ 101 concept, but you're teaching it yourself in about five seconds. Um, and so, as much as possible, too, it's not just a matter of learning and doing, getting feedback, but also socratically. How can I present you the situation, uh, like in the, um, like in, the, in in the drink truck? Uh, so I'm, I, I teach the demand curve. Uh, I'm going to. I want to you know teach students the demand curve. Well, how do I create a situation? where you can almost teach yourself. So, you know, I'm going to come up with a, a drink truck and I'm going to come up with people waiting in line. And so you can start visualizing the demand. i raise raised the price and, and less people are waiting in line. I lower the price and more people are waiting in line. The sun comes out, more people want drinks. The sun goes away or, or uh, uh, then less people want drinks. And so if, I, if you create the right situation, people can almost teach themselves. And so can you, you know, rather than putting a lot of thought into creating big complicated stories and big narratives and big parallels. Like how do you put all that thought into creating almost a self evident situation? How can I, how can I create a situation where people can almost teach themselves? And so again, it's not, you know, there's, there's part, you know, there's plenty of traditional simulation design that goes into that, but also plenty of again, Socratic thinking and and context setting. How can I present one screen and have people go, Oh yeah, I, I get it. Okay. I now understand what you're talking about. So it's a lot more than just, Simulation design is sort of its own beast, but that's certainly part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah and I think the part that we haven't touched on yet, too, and that I think the thing that makes short sims really appealing is also has to do with bandwidth and size of the files. And you touched on it a little bit the fact that you can create, um, since it's short, you can create multiple different versions. So this would also be really useful in supporting. Um, spaced repetition right like you like everybody goes through the first one but then a little while later they get sent another one and they're short so they can go through them really quickly but it's a little bit different right and they learn maybe another thing on top of what they already learned and then they but it also Mm -hmm. reinforces what they learned in the first one and then they move on and then by clip art and using less heavy graphics and less high level graphics that also keeps it really small and the delivery so if somebody's looking on a mobile device for example you know and they're they don't have super high bandwidth they can still experience a really interesting simulation and and still get the value from that we don't always have to say hi oh, you need an xbox and eight hundred dollars <laughs> for a you know, a VR mask or whatever, you know, to get all, to get a really nice simulated experience. We can do it really easy and be able to deliver it to those who uh, on, you know, lower bandwidth, lower quality devices, all that kind of stuff. So I I think it solves those problems as well.
2: The other thing is the the more, (laughs) one way of looking at the media involved in a short SIM is saying, I only want to have media that I can change quickly. And so if you say that that way, especially without rehiring the big 3D mm. program, without, without re-engaging the voice talent, without re-engaging. So if you say, I only want to use graphics that I can change myself in under two hours or under one hour, you know, um, you know, this afternoon. If you if you do that, then you can do at least two different things. First of all, you can make, you know, we all read over, we all, you know, if, if we're writing... Every time we read over what we're writing, we make little changes and say, oh, that, that wording was a little kludgy, or that was, I didn't really like the way I said that, or I'm going to move this paragraph around, or whatever. You know, we write, when we write, we, we, we write in a very fluid way. Um, My question is, how can we do that with educational college? How can we create a simulation where we say, yeah, that that wording wasn't very good, or you know what, that graphics isn't, isn't you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to fix that graphic, uh, or I'm going to, or people might want to really understand what directive leadership means. I'm going to put a little definition right here. And so the ability to go in and make little tiny micro-calibrations to make your things a lot smoother, I think, is what creates a very smooth experience, and I think a a much better experience is something people want to play more. So I think that that you know that's the other reason why um but the other thing is, is the easier it is to change the simulation, the more you take feedback. And so if you're creating a big graphic thing and you have a big video stretch and someone goes in there, eh, I don't like his shirt. You go, eh, really? Um, or, you know, that's
0: going to take know, at least a week to fix all. Yeah, words. we hire the actor gotta whatever. <laughs> or,
2: or even, you know, I don't I don't like this wording or this wording has changed. The, the easier it is to change, the more you crave feedback. So I go to everyone and say, tell me what's wrong with the sim. I want to make it better give me five things to change. And because I can make those changes in real time, just about. And so again, the, the easier it is to change something, the more you, you you crave feedback, and then the more you can actually take that feedback and turn it into, into real changes. Um, in that COVID SIM, um, you know, I had the elevator sequence, you know, near the end of the SIM. And one client said, hey, we you know, we want the elevator to sequence at the beginning of this demo, so it's like, okay, give me two minutes. Uh, I'm going to move that level around, uh, and there, now, it's at the beginning. And so, it's, you know, it's it's easy, and that's what we need to do is get make make create a product where it works really well, which is what simulations do, but also it's easy to change, so that we are always receptive to people saying, yeah,
1: not so. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and, and it's uh, uh, an important thought. Budget doesn't just include the initial cost; it includes the the maintenance and, and updating cost and the long-term longevity then of, uh, of whatever and, and you're making. Point, how
2: thing. many simulations today that are more than two years old are still in use? Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, they get abandoned. Um, and frankly, a, a lot of virtual reality products that we're making today or an AR products that we're making next year are going to be abandoned quickly because we do not, you know, because things change so quickly and we no longer have access to that raw talent. And so, a huge point. It's a great point. Is how do we create content that we can make subtle updates to, if you know, when we need to, uh, without you know rehiring or or you know breaking the bank?
1: Yeah, Paul's got a really uh, a really neat question in the uh, question panel as well. Are these simulations uh, just for teaching, or or can we also have a role for them in assessing as well?
2: Yes, assessment's a whole other topic, and it's great. These things are are, are really really good for assessment, and they're really good for assessment on a bunch of grounds, um, including. So, and again, it, it's part of the discipline is creating a, you know, a, si- a situation where we don't give you any feedback at all, which for someone like me is really painful to do. Um, but if you, if you even go a little deeper, um, frankly, I, I worked a lot with, um, with ETS, uh, people who make SATs, uh, and a lot of the early thinking around short sims came out of a test item culture, which is you know if you're making SATs, you're making a bunch of what they call items. We're creating a bunch of little little, little, little tests Uh, And short SIM design is highly aligned with the test item culture of saying, how can we create a bunch of of little scenarios? The other thing about SIMS, uh, short SIMS, in the context of assessment is the wrong answers are really interesting. And so in a lot of cases, it's not just a matter of I got it. I got the wrong answer, um, but also we can sort of say, well, you got the wrong answer because you didn't know what the process was, or you got the wrong answer because you don't really care about security, or you got the wrong answer because you don't really care about customer service or whatever, and so you can really start looking at the, why people made the wrong answers and start learning. I, I learn a lot more from an assessment stem by, by which wrong answer they choose, whether which is different than if they got the right or the wrong answer, um, as well as because you have a context for things Ah, uh, you, you know you, you can you can ask a lot more questions. I mean, a good short sim is going to have, you know, probably thirty or forty decisions in the course of ten minutes. I mean, you you go through a lot of decisions, and so each one of those can have an assessment component to it, and so you can do a lot of assessing in not too much time that feels very fair.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of the things I guess you can do too is use uh, something like uh, XAPI, et cetera, to be able to actually track. Um, you know the decisions uh, that people are making down to a fairly granular level too, to bundle that
2: kind of stuff in too. And if you really want to show off, and this is more theoretical than practical at this point, but um, uh, you can start measuring time time to make a decision, not just mm. it itself. And so, um, in my mind, you know. Getting the right answer, but taking a long time is a fundamentally different thing than getting the right answer and taking no time at all. If you know something well, you, you you instantly respond to it. But if you don't know it, you you know, you figure it out. I was a fairly smart, lazy student, which means that I took a lot of tests not being prepared for, it, but being able to reverse engineer and, and problem solve, it, as I think, you know, we all were. Um, it's like, well, hmm, I, I can kind of figure it out by the um, so. I got the right right answer but it invariably took me quote unquote a long time to get there. Um, and so, you know, the right system would say, yeah, that Clark he doesn't know stuff. He's mm-hmm. he's he's just figuring. He's smart but he's you know not prepared. Um, and so, you know, we can start making those differentiations as well uh, and doing it. The other thing about about a short sum framework is that we can do multiple part uh, we can do multiple parts and say, you know, here's a five part problem and we can give you partial credit. Um, so if you get part 1 2 and 4 wrong but parts 3 and 5 right then we can give you partial credit which is something that again traditional uh, assessment has been very bad at doing
1: mm-hmm. yeah even in a standard um, sim uh, you know there's variations of correctness right you if you're writing it out there's a path that's perfection there's probably a path that's middling and and then there's the, you know potentially a path that's that's completely wrong as opposed to simply being Correct or incorrect in a in a fairly uh, binary fashion, which is typically what we track as test questions, is the right or wrongness of it.
2: Yes, the only thing I'm gonna push back there is is I mean you sort of have like computer games on one hand, and this is a I'm 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 exaggerating your position, so I apologize, Mm -hmm. I'm deliberately misinterpreting it so to to make myself sound sound better. But um, there there's computer games that that are almost have infinite variability to them, and then there's like multiple choice, which have very very finite variability to it, and part of assessment culture is how can we create something that we can actually grade and it is fair to grade and so um, You know you you want to get off into the branching opponent and you want to have have, you know Kind of right and kind of wrong and multiple choice But you also can't go too far down that path where suddenly the notion of grading become you know You, you need an AI system to grade it um, And America's army is probably the only simulation in the world that had a really dense AI system Evaluating performances and no one can afford that uh, except for the army. So um, we have to be, you know, the nice thing about short sims is they they provide sort of the Goldilocks model of feedback or uh, of, of discrete actions, which mm-hmm. is just enough to be really interesting, but not so much that we overwhelm the system with feedback.
1: <laughs> this sim is too hard. This sim is too soft. This sim is just
2: right. <laughs> this, sim gives us, this, this sim gives us not too much data. This sim gives us way too much data. This sim gives us just the right amount of data. And so um, actually a lot of a lot of artificial intelligence dynamic platforms are becoming a big thing in the e-learning industry um, hate the AI systems hate linear content because it does not give them enough grist for their AI mill uh, and versus computer games just give them too much. So, you know, there really is a like what's enough variability that we can start making inferences from the learner without too little or too many.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm getting so in the weeds now. I apologize.
1: The weeds are where new things come up for uh, for a lot of people. Right. So. Uh, we love the tangents. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's been an awesome discussion in the chat about a number of, uh, you know, different tools uh, and such uh, that people have different levels of experience. And it's also been the, the wonderful uh, divisiveness of, of clip art and stock photos. There's been a lot of conversation about that stuff in there, too. Um, we have. Uh, and so um, we mentioned Kevin Thorne. Someone said, when is Kevin coming back? Someone said that in the chat, and Kevin is coming back. You know, we don't like Lark.
2: want Kevin. When's Kevin coming back? He's a <laughs> everybody wants better, to draw Kevin.
1: too. Well, see, you, you, you've got them started now, right? They're thinking they're going to take what you've got, and now they want to amplify that or, or uh, take their the skill set uh, visually with what they can learn from Kevin. So Kevin is coming back uh, in the next few weeks, just to let everybody know.
0: December sixteenth,
2: he'll be our holiday. Oh, special there we go. Guest. Everyone's going. Oh, I wish, wish Kevin was here now.
1: No, nobody's, nobody's going that way. They're also, they're just, they're just uh, getting their
2: wheels in motion. Um, I I think the whole clip art issue, again, I I think, again, I adore clip art. I use it all the time. I never use it as it is presented and it's always a matter of, you know, cutting and pasting and stapling and doing cool things with it. So I totally yeah, well, that agree. Was,
0: that was uh, quite honestly, that was one of the things that he did a whole show on with us. How do you break apart that clip art and make it your own, right? How do you customize it? How do you start getting a little bit more creative than just, I need to find something that's exactly right. Cause there's never any clip art that's exactly right. So, okay. So how do you make it what you need?
2: And towards that point, I, I've been real fan of using vector based clip art. Because when they're when they're vector-based clip art, you can go in there, you can pull things apart, you can you can do editing at that level, uh, and yeah. so a lot of what you see that I have is is vector-based clip art that I've significantly edited from its original form, and so it's worth it if you're again if you're not very talented in drawing as as am I, uh, it's worth it to understand how vector-based graphic tools work, uh, and invest a little bit of time in teaching yourself vector-based graphics, and then um, yeah. There's plenty of open source, you know, like Inkscape is a great open source program. Yeah, so you don't right. have to spend any money on it um, and then go and, and then do it. And so for me, it's I would go into Inkscape, I would download some some uh, um, clip art, significantly edit it, change colors, change characters, change skin colors in some cases, uh, change settings, mix and match dramatically. Um, isometric graphics sort of, you know, gave me a consistent look and feel that I could then work within yeah. combining different pools of, of, of talent. Um, and then cutting and pasting into into PowerPoint for the final level of post production or whatever to um yeah. you know to move things around simply and easily. So mm-hmm. again, it's, it's it's I think there's clip art, but doing it in a way that that reflects what you really wanted to do.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the important things that y- where where we actually did start was that you don't have to be um, investing the bazillion dollars or have the budget in order to at least start getting used to getting advantage taking advantage of the idea of of simulations
2: as part of this. Well, process. the thing about a short sim is is Anyone who's listening to this thing can build their own short sim in, you know, over a couple of long weekends if they want to. Um, the inclusiveness sim I built myself uh, over one long weekend just because I was bored and, and wanted to, you know, it was, it was locked down. It was whatever I wanted. I wanted to, to play around with the notion of inclusiveness. But um, part of the goal is like, I, I, you know, you can create a short sim without any magic talent at all on your own without having to hire anyone or or, or or anything. And so that notion of, of an in, one person can create one short sim by themselves, again, in, in over a couple of long weekends if they want to, or one, one weekend, um, I think it's what we're talking about here. So it's like, how can we free up the, um, the ability of all of these people who want to create content but can't afford or hire or do AR, can't afford to hire or do VR, the, the real I mean the, the real goal of e-learning is not to create one great course, but to probably create 10,000 great courses. So how do we get to creating 10,000 great courses that are all interesting and visual and interactive? One more thing that's sort of worth thinking about here um, is I think one huge problem that education has uh, is, is we're, we're so focused on learning to know, we're not focusing enough on learning to do earlier on, but that really, has precluded a lot of students from, from being good in schools. And so a lot of what the military does is saying these are people who did not do well in high school. These are people who did not do well in middle school, but who are very, very smart people, who are probably you know, in many cases smarter than I am by far. Um, but they don't, but they're not, you know, they don't, they're not good at symbolic logic. They're not good at whatever. What they're good at doing is sort of big physical or or or, or little physical things. I mean, they can take things apart or whatever. And so you take someone like that who gets rejected from our traditional school system, and frankly, gets re- you know who who doesn't doesn't like corporate training for the same reason they didn't like school, which is it wasn't speaking their language, it was speaking a foreign language. What we can do with simulations is now we can reach out and create an experience that these people can 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 excel at as well. I think it's incredibly you know we start realizing um, my my second to last book before my, my, my most recent book was said but the book before that was called Unschooling Rules. Which was looking at deconstructing education including the, the the leadership style which is directive, which is terrible leadership style for education but also the 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 learning to know not learning to do part of it and you know we've we've unnecessarily excluded a tremendous amount of very smart people from um from education because of our biases and so you know one of the great fundamental excitement parts about about a short sim or you know any simulation but short sims in particular is that we can start re-engaging this, these, you know, 40% of the population who we've excluded from, from education because of a language that we speak. So there's a lot of really exciting stuff here.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Um, that's probably a good place for us to, to bring on the music and dance on out of here. Uh, we've reached our, We've reached our time. Oh, listen to that. That's like so pro. Wow. <laughs> Technology. We're always moving on. <laughs> Clark thanks so much for joining us this week make sure you've got to take a, a chance and uh, take a moment and toss your contact info etc back into the chat just in case folks uh, have lost track of that in, in the earlier posting of that um, and if it's of interest you know your LinkedIn or your your Twitter accounts too if people are interested in uh, if you're interested in connecting people with in, in those directions there.
2: Um, well, and, I just, and the only thing I ask is, is, do go to shortsense.com forward slash examples. I'll put the link in there. It's just a really nice, uh, until you see this stuff, it all sounds like gibberish. Um, you really have to see all those examples you can play yourself. Uh, and it, and that's the next step. It's, you know, hearing me babble on is, is one thing. But <laughs> actually getting your, you know, seeing yeah. and thinking about it is is what you have to do. Yeah.
0: And just do one. Like you said, it's so easy. And then just, build just, one. Just do one and see what happens. Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks again, Clark. This was fabulous. So great chat so with you much. as always.
1: Yep, and thanks to everybody in the chat. Some great stuff going on uh, in there as well. As always, we have the best. We have the best chatters.
0: You guys are good people. Thanks for joining us. Let's dance on out of here.
1: Yeah. Thanks everybody. See you next time.
0: Come on, y'all know the song. Here we go.